The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Um, today we will be talking about uh, uh, the anointing, um, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I don't know what happened to my voice this morning. I think I was singing on top of my voice. Um, <clears throat> so we will be talking about the anointing. I think we've been talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I think today we will talk and touch about the anointing. What is the anointing? I think... Most people in the church, they just hear, anointing, anointing, you know. Um, what is anointing? And how does it work in our lives, right? Um, <clears throat> the anointing, when we read in the Greek or in the Hebrew, it refers to a smearing or a rubbing on of the presence of God on a place, on an individual, right? Um, it's the presence of God in a place. That's what the anointing refers to, right? That's what the anointing refers to. When we put the presence of God, if, for example, when we read the story in Exodus, when Moses saw a burning bush, you, you guys remember the story? When he saw the burning bush, the Bible says, the Lord spoke to Moses and he said to him, remove thy sandals because the place that you are at is holy. It's not to say the ground was holy, but because the presence of God was in a place. Right? The anointing, you'll find it in the Old Testament and in the New Testament it shows a divine influence. It's a divine influence upon a place, upon a person. Um, when a king was to be appointed, they would anoint him. They would take a horn of oil. They would anoint him. And from there you hear that when you read the Bible, then it says when Saul was anointed, then the Spirit of God came upon him. That's what an anointing does. It's the presence of God in a place. So I want us to understand the anointing. What it means when we understand the anointing and how we can benefit from the anointing that is upon our lives. Every born again believer has been anointed by God. There is a, a, a smearing of God's presence upon your life. But the many at times, many of God's children, they don't even know that they are anointed. They just think it's the bishop or the prophet. He's the one who is anointed. And many at times, we want Papa to do something. Do something. Papa, do something. And Papa will respond, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing something. But we forget that we are anointed. Like what brother Job when he began to lead us in prayer today, he began to talk about the body of Christ. 
that we, f- we are part of the body of Christ. So even Papa is part of that body. And when are you are part of that body? So let's, can we, can we just go here? Uh, can you just go here uh, in Luke chapter number 4 verse uh, 16? Can I get it in the New King James Version? And when they would talk about the anointing, they knew that if I'm going to refer it to the Old Testament because when we read the Bible, we always have to start from the old to the new to get also how they would view it, right? In the Old Testament, if they knew that you were the anointed, there were things that they would recognize. They knew if this person is anointed, there were things that they could identify upon your life. For example, if they knew that you were anointed, one of the things that they would see or they, they knew for sure is they knew that they, this person will not be susceptible to diseases. They knew that if the person was anointed, this person will not be susceptible to poverty. They knew that if this person was anointed, this person will not be susceptible evil spirits. They had an understanding of what it meant to be anointed. But the thing is, here in the church, we, we don't even know the benefits of being in the kingdom, of being anointed. Because it's, it's a separation unto God. It's a sanctification by the Spirit of God. When one decides to get born again. And when, that, when God separates you unto himself. It means that there must be benefits. There must be benefits of someone who has been separated unto God. He should no longer be like someone or experience the lifestyle of someone in the world. Because there is an anointing. There is a presence that was not there. And this presence brings a divine influence. It's an impetus. It's an ability to do. It's a power to do. It's an empowerment that happens when someone is anointed. And the people in the Old Testament, they understood this. They had a revelation of this. That's why they they wouldn't even speak against someone who was anointed. What did David say? Touch not. Touch not their Lord's anointed. Because whatever, they knew that if you were to criticize someone who's anointed, that anointing will work against you. They had a revelation of what the anointing is. Let's go here. And so he came, this is Jesus. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up as his custom. Look at, I want you to look at this. You see, the Bible was written for our learning. It says, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. So he, Jesus of Nazareth, he was brought up in Nazareth, right? And as his custom, the term custom is, refers to the way of doing things, his behavior, his character, his day-to-day life. He went into the what? He went, this was his custom. Jesus would go to church. Jesus would go to church as his custom. They knew this Jewish Hebrew boy would go into church each and every Sunday. If Jesus can do it, it means there's a benefit. They could not have written this. 
This, it was his custom. It was his way of doing things. The thing is, in, in our present life today, we have a custom of not going to church. When they write, <laughs> we were laughing this other time, what would they write when they write on your obituary? <laughs> As his, he was not attending church. Don't... <laughs> huh? If we were to, if, 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 oh man, let, let me not go there. Okay, I don't have time. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Let's go to the next verse. And he handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. So he opened the scrolls and is reading from the book of what? Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found a place where it was written. Let's go to the next verse. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. So he opens the book of Isaiah. You also have the book of Isaiah. I'll give you... Sister Lucia, can you go to Isaiah 61? I just want you... We're going to come back. Just, put a, just put, put a marker here. Let's go to Isaiah 61. I want you to see where he was reading from. Because they say he opened the book of Isaiah. This is Isaiah 61, chapter number 1, verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord is a what? Upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me. So you see that he's reading from the book of what? Let's go back to Luke chapter number 4 verse 18. We want to go back and we want to see what he begins to say. Because he's opening the scrolls and he's quoting from the prophet Isaiah. Who was one of the prophets who would speak about the coming of Jesus. Right? Says the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me. Every time where the moment you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there is an anointing that abides in you. Say, I'm anointed. Yes, it's not just for the bishops. You are anointed. Why are you anointed? Because the Spirit of God is upon you. When we speak in tongues, we're not just trying to find a language to confuse them folk. No, it, it's a testimony and evidence that the anointing is upon your life. That is a mark that the anointing is upon your life. He has anointed me too. Every time you see the word anointing, it has a corresponding force of action. The anointing is to do something. They anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. If you read Isaiah again in Isaiah, you will find every time the anointing is to do something. So this anointing is not for you to just sit in the church or in the pews and to look pretty. It's for you to do something. It's that enablement that the people of the world do not have. Baby, you've got advantage, but you don't see it. You've got advantage, but you don't see it. And you don't, your eyes are not open. You, you, don't, you, you think you're just a mere being and you look at your weaknesses. No. Look at your, your, your strengths and these are your strengths. The Spirit of God, when He comes upon your life, He changes everything around you. But He begins to work based on your acknowledgement of Him working in your life. It, your, your life to change starts from the inside out. How does it start from the inside out? By you first acknowledging acknowledging Philemon chapter number 1 verse 6 the communication of thy faith become effectual by acknowledging every good thing that is in you that's when you begin to have progress in your life the moment you don't accept don't 
take time to make pity parties upon your life. Oh, I'm bad, I'm bad. No, look at the positive stuff because there's an anointing. You see, the anointing will not work if you're negative. The anointing will not work if you don't recognize it. The anointing will not work if you acknowledge it, if you don't acknowledge it. The anointing, the Holy Spirit wants to be recognized. He wants to be recognized. So don't look at yourself, your, your, your weaknesses. That's the problem. If you can go ahead of your weaknesses and you begin to see what he did on the cross, when you begin to see that it was an exchange, he knows that them, you, you foolish. He knows that. That's why he brings the anointing. Something that enables you, an enablement. When you are weak, he is strong. But the problem is you always look at you. You don't have anointing, baby. The anointing comes upon you to do something. If you couldn't preach to the poor, now you can. Jesus also needed the anointing for him to start doing stuff. Do you see that? To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim the liberty to the captives. And recovery of sight to the blind. Demonstration of power. You see, to open the eyes of the blind, to heal people, to set liberty to those who are oppressed. That's what the anointing does. It comes to you to tell you that you are not poor, you are rich. It comes to you when you are brokenhearted. It comes to heal those parts. But it works when you allow him. When you give him the time and the attention. To proclaim liberty to certain people in your family. Based on the anointing upon your life, you can declare certain stuff. If there are things that are bounding your families, your cousins, people are not getting married. Things that you want to change. Because of the anointing, you can declare those things and you can set things into order. Because you are what? You have the anointing. You have the ability to make changes. You read when we go down, it talks about dunamis. That's the term. Dynamic ability to make changes, permanent changes. But it works when you know that I'm anointed. Right? Recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Let's go to the next verse. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Let's go to the next verse. Then he closed the book and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. Right? And the eyes of the all who were in the synagogue were fixed on. They kept on looking. He was just reading Isaiah. Let's go to the next verse. And he began to say to them, today. Can you say today? Today. This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So he's, he's announcing to them that today, what Isaiah was speaking about was speaking about in, 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 in Isaiah 61. Today, Nam Tlanj, it has been fulfilled. It has happened. It, I like the word today. Can I get it? Can, I put it? can you put it in the King James Version? This verse, King James Version. And he began to say unto them, this day, this scripture has been fulfilled in your eyes. 
Why? Because a few weeks when you read the story in Luke, few weeks before, there was a time where the presence of God, when he was being baptized by John, the presence of God came upon him in a form of a dove, in, in, in descending like a dove. And the Spirit of God dwelled in him, and there was a voice from heaven. says, this is what? My, my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. So Jesus was announcing to the people of his time that he is anointed, and he's carrying the anointing. And I like now the term which says this day. Because in our present time, it refers to that day when you get born again. Because Isaiah again talks about this day. Can we, can we go to Isaiah chapter number 10, verse 27? He begins to talk again about this day. Isaiah chapter number 10, verse 27. And it shall come to pass in that... He begins to talk about the day again. In that day that his burden shall be taken away off thy shoulder. And his yoke off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of what? He's talking again about that day. He says the yoke shall be destroyed because of the what? You see what the anointing does? It removes burdens. These are problems. These are challenges of life. When you are anointed, you have the power, you have the ability to remove burdens. Challenges of life. Yorks. Oh boy, this is good. Since it shall be destroyed, let me just go into my list. It shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Can you shout, I'm anointed? You see, let, let, let's, just, let's just take some time on this, on this verse. When, when he talks about uh, the yoke or the burdens. You see, what they usually talk about is that when, when, when cattle have been, are going, they are plowing through a ground, they would put these uh, bars that they would put on the neck, right? Uh, uh, two bars they would just put on the neck so that the cattle can focus as they do the plow. I think you guys are familiar with what a yoke does, right? And the yoke also... Um, what he's referring to is because these two cattle will have to pull together in the same direction they are going as they are plowing on the field. The yoke also refers to relationships. Remember what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, verse 14. He says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So when we see a yoke, is these are relationships that are not ordained by God. So the anointing will be able to separate you from the relationships from Satan. Relationships from diseases of this world. Relationships from misfortunes of this world. This is the anointing upon your life. It removes you from the yoke of bondage. It removes you from the yoke of sickness. It removes you from the yoke of misfortune. That's what the anointing is. And what it does is it removes you from the yoke and it yokes itself with you. And you are now one with the anointing. What does the Bible say? He who is joined with the Lord is one spirit. We read that last time. 
You're one spirit with the anointing. And this now means, you see, this verse is profound because many a times when it's taught in the church, they say, you know, the, uh, the burden or the yokes shall be broken because of the anointing. So it means as if the anointing you are oppressed and the anointing is going to come and it's going to break that burden, of which that is true. That's great. But what it also refers to, and what I actually think is quite cool, is you can't put a yoke on someone who is anointed. You can't put a curse on someone. You can't curse a Christian. This is what it means. It means that if they try and yoke you, they try to burden you, the moment they put that burden upon you, that burden is going to break. No wonder when they wanted to, keep, to, to curse the children of Israel during the times of Balaam, they could not curse. Balaam had to, Balaam had to say, we cannot curse what God has blessed. So this is what the anointing does upon your lives. Can you shout, I'm anointed? But it works with you acknowledging its power in your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. You see, the presence of God was a gift or is a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift from God to, to us. It changes everything around you. Can you, can, can you, oh man. Um. I'll just remind you a story. It's a story that we find um, in the book of Samuel. When Saul became king, the Bible says um, the Spirit of God dwelt upon him. And when the Spirit of God came upon him, when the anointing of the Holy Spirit came upon him, the Bible says God gave him a new heart. When the Spirit of God comes upon an individual, it changes your perspective of life. That's what it's meant to do. If you thought you were a failure, the anointing there is coming to tell you or to show you that you're no longer a failure. This is when, when, the, when the Spirit of God came upon Saul, God gave him a new heart and he even went into a company of prophets, and he began to prophesy. He was doing things that he could not do on his own. Why? Because the anointing gives you what we call a divine enablement. What you couldn't do of yourself, now you can do. That's one of the things that the Holy Spirit, we should take advantage of. Prophesy. To speak things that we want to see. To speak. That's, that's why the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit helps you to see because he knows what's in the future. He knows what's going to happen. So you use him in your life. Holy Spirit, tell me what's going to happen. What's going to happen in the next five years? Okay, I speak this. I speak this into your prophesy. Your prophesy. It's a spirit of prophecy. Because we war with prophecy. So that's what the Holy Spirit comes to do. It's not just for speaking in tongues. We have, we have belittled it just for speaking in tongues and feeling goosebumps. That's how we think the Holy Spirit is for. Why don't you use the Spirit of God to prophesy? Why don't you use the Spirit of God 
to change things that you want to see in your life. Hallelujah. And I, there's a story that we find in 1 Kings. The Bible talks about when David had defeated the Philistines. It says they took the Ark of the Covenant. They took the Ark of the Covenant. Let me just try and look for it. They took the Ark of the Covenant and they put it in the house of Obededom. This man, this man was called Obededom. It says when they put the Ark of the Covenant, it says the Lord, because the Ark represented the presence of God. The Ark of the Covenant. The Ark also had the scrolls of the Ten Commandments. So when they put, so because David was, uh, the, during that time, David, when he was king, the Philistines, they took the Ark of the Covenant. They stole the Ark. That's where the Ten Commandments were written. Right? And when they would go to battle, they would carry the Ark of the Covenant, because it also dwell, it also, they, it, it also had the presence of God. That's where the presence of God would stay. So the priests would carry the Ark of the Covenant, because it reminded them of the covenant that they have with God. That wherever they go, they are going to win. They are going to be a success. So the Philistines, what they did is they took, they stole, because they saw, no, this thing that they always come to and with battle with, we need to take that Ark, because that's where the power is. So they stole the Ark. Right? And then eventually they managed to bring back the ark. And when they did that, is as they were on their journey, they placed this ark in someone's house. And the Bible says this man, the moment that ark was in his house, this man began to prosper. He was prosperous. The ark contains the word of God. So your use of the word of God and the Holy Spirit brings prosperity. You read the word, the word brings faith. You speak under the influence of the Spirit pertaining to things that you want to see. Hallelujah. Can you say, I'm anointed? Acts chapter number 10, verse 38. Acts chapter number 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. The word there is dunamis. And how he went about doing good. So many times you don't know how to do good. We don't know how to do good. And you will not be able to do good on your own. You see, the term doing good there also refers to a term that we're talking about in offering today. It talks about acts of philanthropy. The whole, you see, anything that we do here, for it to be acceptable before God, it has to happen through the agency of the Holy Spirit. You cannot there's nothing that we can do without the Holy Spirit that can please God. Our worship, our prayer, our giving, everything that we do, it has to happen through the agency of the Holy Spirit. That's how God responds. God will not respond to carnality. 
He will not respond. You can, even if you are praying, you can cry, you can pray. He will not respond to your prayers as long as they are not sanctified by the Holy Spirit. He will not respond. Because God is in the spirit realm. He is a spirit. He responds to spirits only. Oh man, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. That's why you hear there's a difference between singing and ministering. Singing, you're singing with your mind. No, eh, no, eh. You can sing. That you can sing. But it's a different thing when you're now singing under the influence of the Holy Spirit. It becomes a different way, thing altogether. So everything that you do must be, the Holy Spirit should be the agency of which you bring it before God. That's why it says he went about doing good. He was giving. The Holy Spirit was telling him what to give. Anything that you do must be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. That's the format that my IT guys, that's the format that God can only understand. Don't bring your human format. He will not respond because he is a spirit. Hallelujah. He's a sp that's how he responds in the realm of the spirit. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. When you, for people to see that God is with you, as long as you are anointed with the Holy Spirit, it's an evidence that God is on your side. Even my, our ministry, me preaching, I there's a difference between just speaking Bible, speaking Bible, and you preaching or speaking under the influence of the Spirit. The things that I say must come under the influence of the Spirit for those things to bear fruit in your lives. And you, when you listen, open your spirit under the influence of the Spirit so that we can speak spirit to spirit. That's how it works in the kingdom. I'm not giving you deep stuff, but this is how it works. When you play the guitar, you can play it like you're on a, you know, Justin Bieber concert. It will come out. But the moment you put your, allow the Holy Spirit to have influence over that, it begins to minister. It's just a switch away. That's how you do things. A switch away. So you see, everything that we are going to present before God must be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. If it's not under the influence of the Holy Spirit, God will not bother to listen to you. As much as it, as harsh as it is. That's why it's important for you to develop the relationship with the Holy Spirit. Before this, when you were speaking, when Jesus, he could not do even any work of ministry. Do you know that? Up until 30 years, Jesus, he only got Baptized by the Spirit at the age of 30. That's when he began to do the work. Didn't you think he knew that he was anointed? He knew. At 12, he knew I'm about to do my father's business. But he was not until John had to baptize him and the Holy Spirit came upon him. That's when he began to do work because he knew that for me to do whatever I have to do, it's the Holy Spirit that does the work in me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Say I'm anointed. Praise God. 
Acts chapter number 10, verse 45. For those who, uh, Acts chapter number 10, verse 45. Acts chapter number 10. 45 or 44? 5, 44? Yes. He says, while yet while Peter was yet speaking these words, the Holy Ghost fell on those who what? Even speaking, he was preaching. And the Holy Spirit was responding. So, you're going to go to an interview. You're just going to speak in your normal, ah, you know, I've, I've read, I know how to do interviews. You're going to go for a tender briefing. You want to pitch something. Allow him to speak through you. Because now, when, you, when he speaks through you, allow him. It is what we call divine influence. You don't have to struggle. They are, they are influenced by you. <laughs> you see, we have a corovella, but we don't understand it. We, do, we, can't, we don't even know how to use it. An influence where you can influence things on your behalf because you are speaking under the Spirit. Because the Spirit created all things. Everything subjects itself. It bows its knee. Every voice, every ear opens up when the Holy Spirit comes and speaks into a scene. That's why Jesus says, don't worry about what you're going to say. Just give me the opportunity to speak through you and you will see what happens. Speak under the Spirit. Speak under the Spirit. You just, when someone is mad at you, the thing is, we have to train. Someone is mad at you. Just speak under the Spirit. The next thing you are giving them a prophecy. And you see their anger. You see, when they came to you, they were so angry. But after you've spoken under the Spirit, you see their countenance has changed. They are the ones starting to cry. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They are now apologizing to you. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, G, so it says, uh, so another thing, right? Um, when, when we say, when we look at the life of Jesus, we know him as Jesus Christ. So the term Christ is, doesn't mean it's his surname. It's not his surname. The term Christ means that, means that he's anointed. So the, the term Christ doesn't mean it's his surname, no. The term Christ means anointed one. And we need to realize that in this life, there are going to be things that will try and resist the anointing. Let's go to 1 John chapter number 2, verse 18. First John chapter number 2, verse 18. It says, little children, it is the last time. Well, which version are you? Can I get it in the King James Version? Um, King James. All right, I think it's, you're still fine. It's okay. Let's leave it like that. It says, little children, it is the last time. It is the last time. And as you have heard, that Antichrist, that Antichrist shall come. Even now, there are many Antichrists whereby we know that this is the last time. You have heard about the Antichrist, right? We are living in the last days. 
is the so the antichrist is the beast that they refer to in revelations the one who is going to be coming and terrorizing you know we will have uh, a session of the end times on another day right but he's saying that we have heard that the antichrist shall come right but he says even now we have what many antichrists so he's not really saying that right now we have many beasts like the antichrist that is going to come he's saying that we have many things that are anti the anointing that's the term remember i said christ is means what anointing so right now we have things that are anti the anointing in this present day that we are living that will resist the anointing for example what are those things poverty is an antichrist depression is an antichrist bitterness is an antichrist jealousy is an antichrist anything anything that exalts itself above the knowledge of god is an antichrist it's anti the anointing working over your life hallelujah so we need to know that we are anointed and this anointing helps us to live in our daily lives can i go to first john chapter number 2 verse 20 First John chapter number 2 verse 20. But you have an unction. Another version says an anointing. You have an unction from the Holy One. You know all things. Can I go to First John chapter number 2 verse 27? But what? The anointing which you have what? the anointing which you have received from him abides in you the holy spirit abides in you and you do not need that anyone teach you this is how powerful the presence of god is in in your life it says you don't need anyone to teach you but at the but the same anointing teaches you concerning all things This is when you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He begins to teach you what to do. He begins to tell you how to navigate in life. Says you don't need anyone. It abides in you. You have it right now as we speak. All of you guys are anointed. And it's abiding. The same anointing that was working in Apostle Paul and the apostles is abiding in you right now. Do you know that from Acts chapter number 2 when the anointing descended on the day of Pentecost it has never went back to heaven From that day the Holy Spirit is abiding in us It says this anointing is in you it teaches you concerning what all things and is true and is not a lie and just as it has taught you you abide in him It's talking about relationships relationship with the anointing Say I'm anointed. I'm anointed by God. So if you are faced with the problem, if we are faced with a challenge, let's take time and have fellowship with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit tells us what to do. He teaches us what to do. 
And you see, the Holy Spirit will never teach you something that is outside the parameters of his word. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? When, when we were read the story which says that the verse in First John chapter 2 verse 20 says that for you have an unction from the Holy One, you know all things. He's not saying you right now you know all things. We, we know you don't know all things. It's referring to your spirit man. Remember, spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit man is the one that is perfect. That's where the presence of God abides. So when you ask Pastor Ted, where is this presence, this spirit of God we are talking about, where does it go? It goes into your spirit. So that spirit man is perfect. He knows all things. He knows all things. But your mind does not know all things. And you know stuff through your what? Your mind. But you allow now, you allow the Holy Spirit to pull out stuff from your mind. That's why when sometimes when you see people, when they go to a service, they see someone for the first time, they're already telling them what's happening in their lives. They're already giving them a prophetic word. They're already telling them what's going to happen, what, what is happening and whatever. It's not like when they saw them in their head, they knew that. It was the spirit, man who was now activated, who was able to see what's happening in people's lives. So right now, if I look at you, I can see you. I will not know exactly what's happening in your life right now. I just think you guys are coming to church. But if I get into the realm of the Spirit, I can start to see what's happening in your lives. Like I'm not just saying like literally I can see. Literally I can start. We don't have time, but I can. Because now I've switched on into the realm of the Spirit because I can now see what's happening. Do you see now? That's what it says. You, you have an anointing. It teaches you. teaches you what to do, how to respond to the issues of life. And from that moment, now you are no longer acting like a victim. You are no longer acting like someone who cannot do something in life. You can go into the quarters of your heart, and you can search within using the power of the Holy, Holy Spirit, what shall I do now? The Bible says, when you are taking the wrong direction, Isaiah again, I like prophet Isaiah, he says, you will hear a voice that says, this is not the way, use this way to go. This is the Holy Spirit, he makes the crooked paths straight, aligned stuff. What could have taken you 10 years? With your fellowship with the Holy Spirit, he can perfect it in a year. You see, that's why it's important for you to understand that you are anointed. That's where it begins. Because when you begin to understand that you are anointed, you then begin to allow the anointing to have influence over your lives. And then from there, you can begin to see significant gains. You begin, the Holy Spirit begins to tell you what to do and not what to do. That's where you see, no, you know what? I'm being led by God. And let me, let, me, let me help you. Be someone who is like a fanatic. That's how it starts. Be a fanatic of always saying, you know what? Even, even sometimes you, don't, you are not really sure that the Lord has led you. Just say the Lord has led you. You are creating a culture. You are creating a, a, a habit of being led or acknowledging God in your life. 
That's why we always want people to testify. We want them to always have a habit of acknowledging God's hand in their lives. So that in a day where they will really need the hand of God in their lives, they will not look for other sources. They will do what they have been doing all this time. So that's why it's important for you guys to acknowledge God in your life. If something good has happened to you, acknowledge it and say, you know, Lord, this is you. Sometimes God will speak to you and it takes time for you to recognize. Some of you didn't want to come to church today. Now I'm prophesying. Some of you didn't want to come to, to, to church today, but something just nudged you. You know what? Just go. Just what? Just go. That is what? The God talking to you. From that moment, you begin to realize, you know what? That way that pastor was talking about is what? Exactly what I wanted to hear. But you are now attributing it to that voice in the morning that says, you what? You go to, you're now developing a relationship. Your, your ears and your eyes are now sensitive to what God is doing. Do you get what I'm saying? That's how you develop now is you spend time in fellowship Praying in the Holy Ghost, you will see that you, 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 you begin to uh, grow in the anointing. So you can grow in the anointing. Grow in the anointing. That's how you grow in your relationship with God. As you play, as you do whatever you do, sing. Say, Lord, I want you to uh, uh, use me as I sing. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. And you begin to see gains. You see, these things, they, they are people who sing, and there are people who minister. What is the difference? Both of them can be born again. Both of them can be Holy Spirit filled. But it's the one who has acknowledged. You get what I'm saying? Who has what? Acknowledged. To say, you know what? I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to minister. And the Holy Spirit does that. The Holy Spirit is one person who likes attention. It's not just your bay, you, you know. <laughs> the Holy Spirit loves attention. Give him attention. And you'll be amazed what he will do in your life. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.